Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayers morning Bible study and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let us take a moment in praying. Lord, we just thank you for your everlasting faithfulness, Lord, and that you only do good, Lord, and that you can do no wrong or evil to us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you are the same God, Lord, even in the New Testament and the Old Testament, Lord, that you remain constant in your attitude and your personality, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that you have given us strength to overcome the things that are in our lives, Lord, and that you have provided a way escape for every test and trial, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We are going to continue our discussion in the book of Acts, chapter 13, and we are continuing our conversation and covering verses 13 through 41. So if you're just joining us for the first time, I recommend that you pause the episode now and take the time and opportunity to read that section of scripture to help follow along in the discussions. Amen? Amen. All right. And now, for the rest of us, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And of course, to ask any questions that you may have. So who'd like to begin? Oh, I guess I will. <laughs> All um, right, Charles. One thing that I found interesting here was that um, when he was talking about David and how he said he was quoting what the Lord said that he found David, the son of Jesse, a man after his own heart. The Lord should show me here was that he didn't have to search for David, nor was it um unexpected on the Lord's part that he would have to have someone else besides Saul or what was in Saul's heart and what was going to happen. It was not unexpected. It wasn't the Lord saying, oh man, Saul failed. Now I have to go find someone else to take over. He already had David set aside for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And Lord just showed me here was that the same is true in our own lives. It's not the Lord is suddenly surprised by events that happen in our lives or the Lord doesn't know what's going to happen. He's watching it just like we are waiting for something to happen. He's not crossing his fingers saying, I hope this one fails, not fails, but continues to go forward and actually does what they're supposed to do, but does not fail. Mm-hmm. And he is not like us in the way that he declares the end from the beginning. The past, yes. present, and future are all alike to him. He is eternal. So he's not limited by time and time and space, whereas we are. And yes, he knows everything all at once, all at the same time, the little hidden things and, and everything else. So mm-hmm. we know that he's thorough and he is good and perfect. Go ahead, sweetheart. Yes. And then um, with that, I also found another thing interesting was that when Paul was speaking that he was saying that for 450 years, they had had judges, which is about the time that Samuel came and they asked for a king. I found it interesting just the fact that they went for so long without it. And you can see that in previous chapters, and if you look in Judges, they had asked for a king originally, 
with Gideon that tried to make him the king and his sons afterwards. And I found it interesting that it was only around the time that David came along did they actually get a king. It wasn't what the Lord wanted, but he wasn't surprised. And that was the time that David was both prepared for the role he would have to take and the Lord was already putting things into motion. It wasn't them changing and prompting the Lord to do what they wanted. It wasn't you can change the Lord with your prayers or what you want and talking to him like that. He's still going to accomplish what he wants. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple things to look at there, right? Um, one you brought up about judges, right? Samuel was yes. actually the last judge. There were There's a whole book in the Bible, the book of Judges, that di- that discusses all the times the Lord raised up someone, yes, to judge, right, to to rule, if you will, and by rule I mean guide the people into the Lord's will and His plans, mm-hmm. yes, and to deliver them from the bondage that not doing the Lord's will brings upon a person and mm-hmm. ultimately a nation, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. It starts with a person, stents of the family and the community, and all the way out to the entirety of the nation. So as, as you see in the book of Judges, it says constantly, and the people did what was right by their own eyes. Right? Yes. Where you brought up about David here, and it says exactly about David. Yes, not just that he's a man after God's own heart, but it says, who will do all my will. Right? That's the, yes. the last part of the verse, but that's the greatest part of the verse because it's exactly what Jesus did, right? He refused to do his own will and only that was his driving force, his desire, right? His delight was to do his father's will and to put his father's will above his own. Yes. So it absolutely matters. It matters to us and... But we also have to recognize this, because this is the other great point that uh, the Lord brought up through you, right? Long before Samuel, did the people want a king. And you see that yes. even with Gideon that uh, you brought up. Now, Gideon initially was like, no, 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 I shouldn't be king, right? Yes. But there was a point in time where that changed. Was he actually made king? No. But... It does talk about a, a falling away, right? Yes. Now, but then you see in David, that was how a a king that's after the Lord's own heart and will do the Lord's will above his own is supposed to rule, right? How the Lord intends for a person in that type of leadership to function. Not that David was perfect. Yeah, with the exception of the adultery and the murder. Absolutely. Really big exceptions. Sans that, but (laughs) but his heart towards the Lord. Exactly. All right. Um, And that's that's what I was getting at. But there is a, uh, and I'll say recognize that core thing. The people's desire, and not just for a ruler. Why did they say they wanted a ruler to Samuel? So they could take care of all the other nations. They wanted to look like... All the other nations. That is the sin nature. It does not matter what degree of, I'll say, how how well or how little you follow the Lord. And I'll say, I say that to say this, right? 
Recognize it at every age. Every child, doesn't matter how much or how little the parents follow the Lord, there's always that drive, that push to look like someone else. Well, their, their parents allow them to do this, right? Recognize that, what that looks like. You can trace it all the way back to childhood if we reflect on our own lives. Right? That's always the example and the excuse given when thrown up to our parents, right? But then we should be able to, again, recognize at every age moving forward, even to, I'll say, those that are uh, our elders. I'll just say it that way. So we should want to look like, be like Christ. Exactly. And the plan and the perfect will of God and not like the world or Amen. anyone else. We should look, we should desire him. Amen. But we should also be able to recognize it, right? Be able to distinguish between the holy and the profane. Right. What it looks like when we're living a life that is following and serving the Lord, that we're putting his will above our own. And if we're just trying to throw out excuses in order to get our own way. Hmm. Sure. Be our own God. I get it. We are not supposed to be our own God. Amen. You know, when I was looking at this um, section, I, I thought it was unique that you brought that up about David. And when I was looking at it, I could see that the Lord was leading them through every phase of their life and what they thought they could look for or wanted to look for. He went from just being God and leading them with the, the pillar and the fire, mm-hmm. I mean, the pillar of fire and the cloud. Then he went from that to judges because that's what they understood and what they were looking for, what they wanted. Then he was with the prophet and Mm -hmm. then the king. But even in that, in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you see all of these things. You see him leading as God. Mm -hmm. You see him as judge. You see him as the prophet. You see him as the king and the ruler. And in all of that, I was like, wow, God. It reminded me of the temple, how everything pointed to Jesus. Amen. Even these different um, facets of the Lord guiding the people, they are it's still pointing to Jesus because we can find all of these things in Christ Jesus. He is our God. He is our judge. He is the prophet. He's the one who leads us and gives us the word of God, right? And he yes. is our king. And so I was like, wow, that's really, that's really interesting, Lord, that even when humans think they're leading and pushing something, God's like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm still getting my will accomplished. I'm still doing um, my plan, even amongst this, because you're so small in your thinking and understanding. God is still able to be God, even through that and, and within that. And that still points us to Jesus. It still reflects who he is as our Lord. Yes. Hmm. Amen. You got something else, sir? Um, yes. And then also what I found interesting was that it roughly correlates to the time that they served inside of Egypt uh, because we see that they were there for 400 years and Moses delayed them for about another 40 when he killed the Egyptian. I found that also interesting was that there tends to be a correlation between the times of how long it goes for bet- um, until something new occurs explain Mm -hmm. meaning because if we see that the 400 years they had um i'd say moses was really like the first judge because he did judge them and while they still had the lord they refused to talk to him and look to him as god they just wanted to see what he was going to do for them so so first judge 
after the captivity? Because just them coming they were, out of Egypt. Uh, out of, out yeah. of Egypt. That's what I mean. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because there were lots of periods of captivity and bondage during the time of the judges, right? Yes. Okay, so you're looking at, he's the first one after this distinct period of time. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to clarify for the listeners. When the people actually became a people, before they were just a family, yeah. then they became, you know. A people, yes. Mm-hmm. Continue, sir. And how you could see that Moses was truly the first one because if you looked at what he did, he judged the people both because of what he had a relationship with the Lord and because he refused to talk to the Lord. And you can see the same thing is happening throughout here. And that's what Paul is also getting at was that the Lord's not changing what he's doing because of what mankind does or says. The Lord is not easily persuaded or saying, you know, man, I think you might be right. I'm wrong in this. No. He continues to do as he wills and as he pleases because he knows what's best for us truly, mm-hmm. not what we think in ourselves. And you can see that further exemplified through this um, as he talks about how when Jesus died, all the things in the prophets were, were fulfilled. It was not because man decided to do it in itself that these things happened. First of all, it was because the Lord already knew what was in their hearts mm-hmm. and already had planned this whole thing out but he was not controlling them and making them do these things. Because I know for me, I was in my own life, I said, man, these people had to do that. Not like necessarily, like, why are you doing, but somebody had to do it. There was no way around it. And I was saying, it really must have been awful to be the one who had to. And the Lord showing he, while he knew what was going to happen, he wasn't forcing anybody into this role or into the spot like mommy was talking about Judas, he didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to mm-hmm. betray Jesus. The Lord already knew he was going to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everyone has a choice, right? Yes. And, and uh, I like how you brought up the Moses being a judge, right? Because he did judge the people also, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But there are a lot of, I'll say, similarities. And if you look at the, I'll say, comparison, comparing Moses to Jesus, Right. Not, not that Moses is Jesus. There's only mm-hmm. one, right? Jesus is Lord, yes. and he's our Savior. Mm-hmm. But Moses came after a period of what, almost 400 years, right? Yes, over well, 400. Over, right, over 400. Before he became active in the role that and God called him to. Exactly. And was that not similar to Christ? Between Malachi and the New Testament, there was about a 400-year period where the word of the Lord was rare. And then Jesus comes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's that similarity. And he came and there, again, Moses came, signs, wonders, all these these things, the, the Lord and the Holy Spirit working through him mightily to deliver the people. Well, Jesus brought about deliverance as well. Redemption, everything. Again, the people had to choose it in both situations and circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But it was provided. So... Again, not saying Moses is God. And even in Scripture, the Lord said very plainly, I'm going to raise up a prophet like you from amongst or from the midst of the people. Mm-hmm. So and you we know, have to recognize a, that. Yeah, and there's a clear difference between the deliverance that the Lord worked through Moses and Amen. what he worked through Christ Jesus. 
And I think that's part of the reason that the Jews had such a hard time receiving him is because they were looking for deliverance like Moses brought, which was mm-hmm. physically bringing them off from under a king and everybody marched off. And, you know, as a whole people, they were relieved of that um, subjugation that they were experiencing from Egypt and the Pharaoh there. And they were thinking that God was going to repeat that and do it again. But what Christ brought was individual freedom. He brought freedom for the spirit. And yes, he, he healed and that healing is a part of that for the physical body, but it didn't change their circumstance as far as them being under, um, a king or being under Caesar or Herod or any of those other people, but it was their individual freedom and freedom from spiritual death. That was the deliverance that the Messiah brought and they couldn't perceive it because it didn't look like what they thought it should be. And that in, in ways that's not what they wanted. They just wanted to get rid of the king so they could go and do what they wanted to do without anybody um, bothering them. But it wasn't necessarily so they could serve the Lord. Does that make sense? Yes. And um, as we were talking about this, that distinction for us, just realizing that we we have to be mindful of the things of God and in tune with what he's saying, having the same conversation that he's having at the same time. There were people that understood the Messiah's true role, what he was coming to do, but many that didn't. And um, golly, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. I'll think about it in a moment. Did you have something else you wanted to say, sweetheart? Uh, I love how you brought up the, the part about recognizing or their failure to recognize what the Lord was doing. Because that's exactly what he gets to next, right? He, he talks about John the Baptist, of course. And John the Baptist literally pointed to Jesus and said, that's that's the one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then yes. it talks about how men and brethren, sons of the family, this is in verse 26, sons of the family of Abraham, and those standing among you who fear God, who fear the word and his salvation has been sent and then in verse 27, those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, even though, right, and he, he begins mm-hmm. talking about how you read this every Sabbath. Yeah, the voice of the prophets. The voice of the prophets is literally read every Sabbath, and yet you still fulfilled what was going to be said by condemning him to death, mm-hmm. even though he was without guilt. He had literally done nothing that warranted that. You fulfilled everything that the prophet said, even while reading it. So again, it's not about head knowledge, Mm-mm. right? It, it's about our heart towards the Lord and our relationship with him, mm-hmm. allowing him to reveal those things in us. Because even even with the the blueprint, the map, <laughs> they, they still fell in, in every trap that was said they were going to do. And, and I'm not saying that to condemn them. No, because we're all subject to that. That's a product of the, sin nature. I mean, exactly. It's so that we can recognize it for our own self, for our own lives, and have a, I'll say, through the Holy Spirit, a way to change that outcome. Take the scales off of uh, our eyes. Amen. <laughs> exactly. And stop our ears. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that we can clearly, accurately, and immediately hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen. So we can change our attitudes, actions, and behaviors to be in line with what he's doing, in alignment with the Lord. Amen. And apply it to our lives. Amen. 
All right, well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, promise. Lord, thank you for today. Just thank you for applying grace to every aspect of our lives, Lord. And just giving us a chance to turn to you, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for providing your word for us, Lord, so that we're able to look at, Lord, and see the example set before us. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' amen. mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through A Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.